Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, Trail Mix is the short-form episode of our podcast that takes place in between our long-form episodes. Trail Mix is our chance to go a little deeper into something you might have heard on the long-form episode. It's also a chance to keep up with current events in the national parks and with the National Park Service. We are very excited to announce that on Monday, September 16th, we will be launching Season 2. So stay tuned and enjoy this trail mix on Endangered Species. Oh my god, I just watched the trailer for Bombshell. I know, I sent it to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Charlize Theron as Megan Kelly mm-hmm. is scary. Yeah. And that scene was so intense. It's literally just three people getting on an elevator and hitting a button, but it was the most intense thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. Yes, I know. Lots of movies to be excited about. I know. Bombshell is this upcoming movie starring Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman about the Roger Ailes scandal Mm -hmm. at Fox News. Mm -hmm. Yes. Some tawdry, tawdry dramas. I'm I'm here for tawdry drama. Tawdry drama is a great (laughs) drag queen. Is a great drag queen. Yes. Welcome to the stage, tawdry drama. (laughs) She's like a librarian, but she like has all the gossip. Yeah. <laughs> and she incites drama between people. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Right around. This is not why we're here today. No, it's we not. are here for a very special trail mix. That's right. Before we begin season two, there were a couple of things that popped up that we felt really needed to be addressed. So We would like to begin this trail mix by addressing something that recently popped up on our news feeds. There was a video of a gentleman in Yellowstone National Park. In this video, it looks like a totally innocuous video. There's a bunch of people, particularly there's a school group standing by this fence in Yellowstone National Park, and this bison wanders up to the fence and 
like you are supposed to do. Those students kept their distance from the bison. They took some photos. But then this man wandered into the uh, frame of the video and he touched the bison on the head. I mean, essentially, he pet the bison. And the bison, after a moment, freaked out and it ran off and it totally scared the bison. So we want to start this by saying, don't touch animals. Do not touch animals. That is a rule across the national parks is that you do not touch animals. This is what the National Park Service has to say about interacting with wildlife. National parks offer unique settings to watch wildlife in their natural habitats. And these experiences can have real health benefits too. The sunshine helps you meet your daily vitamin D recommendation. And scientists have linked time in nature to boost in mental clarity, immunity, and happiness. Wildlife experiences can also bring a sense of harmony, connectedness, and appreciation for nature. For the most part, staying safe while watching wildlife is easy. Simply leave the wildlife alone. However, sometimes you might accidentally get too close to them on a trail or see other visitors unaware of the danger, so it's important to know the risk getting too close to wild animals. Sometimes wildlife can get sick with diseases that are dangerous, sometimes even deadly to humans. Illnesses that humans can get from wildlife include rabies, plague, and Lyme disease. People can catch these diseases from the droppings of an infected animal, or by touching or feeding wildlife, or by getting bitten. Never touch wildlife, alive or dead, and be sure to tell a ranger if you see any wildlife acting strangely, like a bat in the daytime, for example. Your pets can also get diseases from wildlife, and pets can give some diseases to wildlife. To keep your pets and wildlife safe, be sure to keep pets on a leash. Keep their vaccinations up to date and don't leave their food and water unattended. Better yet, leave them at home, since many parks don't allow pets on trails. Wild animals are unpredictable. An unusual sound or smell may scare them, causing them to bolt or even charge. That's why each park requires visitors to stay a certain distance away from animals, usually 25 yards from most wildlife and 100 yards from large wildlife like bears or wolves. Always check with the park you're visiting. Some parks require a minimum distance of 50 yards. Remember, it's your responsibility to maintain that distance. If wildlife approaches you, then you need to move back. All of this can be found on nps.gov um, on their Risks to People from Wildlife page. Another very, very, very important thing to remember about wildlife in national parks is that you never feed wildlife because those animals can start getting dependent on human food. And that's when we get into situations where animals can try and approach people for food. And if they get conditioned to go to people for food, then they can't go to the wild for their food. And that's when we have animals that are dangerous or violent. And that's when we get into the area of like putting an animal down and nobody, nobody wants that. Now, let's talk about the Endangered Species Act. The Endangered Species Act of 1973 most recently made the news because our current president's administration wants to adjust some ways that this act is enforced. Now, what 
is the Endangered Species Act. This is from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. In 1972, President Nixon declared that conservation efforts in the United States aimed specifically toward preventing the extinction of species were inadequate. And so he called Congress to develop comprehensive endangered species legislation. And Congress put this together. And then on December 28th, they came up with the Endangered Species Act of 1973, and it was signed into law. It recognized that our rich natural heritage is of aesthetic, ecological, educational, recreational, and scientific value to our nation and its people. So what is the purpose of the ESA, or the Endangered Species Act? The purpose is to protect and recover imperiled species and the ecosystems upon which they depend. It is administered by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the Commerce Department's National Marine and Fisheries Service. Under the ESA, species may be listed as either endangered or threatened. Endangered means that a species is in danger of extinction throughout all or a significant portion of its range. Threatened means a species is likely to become endangered within the foreseeable future. And all species of plants and animals except for pest insects are eligible for listing as endangered or threatened. So what this act essentially does is it um, keeps a natural space sacred for an animal if an endangered species lives in that habitat. So somebody can't come by the land and develop it or do something else with the land. However, there is one way around that. Section 10 of the ESA states that permits may be acquired by landowners, including private citizens, corporations, tribes, states, or counties who want to develop property inhabited by the listed species. And that is provided that they have developed an approved habitat conservation plan, which includes an assessment of the likely impacts on the species from the proposed action, the steps that they will take to avoid, minimize, and mitigate those impacts, and the funding available to carry out those steps. So there is a workaround on that, but uh, you got to have a lot of stuff in order. Now, this act has received lots of criticism over the years by many, many different politicians and many people on either side of the aisle. And so this isn't the first time that uh, someone has tried to um, make an adjustment to this law. There are people that have tried to systematically chip away at the act. Some people think that it hinders economic development and provides federal agencies with more control than state agencies. It's often times when an endangered animal is found on public land, the use of the land is strictly regulated which can inhibit farming, logging, or other commercial use of the land. There are a lot of economic concerns that have been raised since the act has been enacted. Opponents argue that a recovery period for species listed often takes too long and it's not as effective as some say it is. There can also be a concern because landowners um, are central to the protection of many species. Some think that the act does not necessarily help to promote conservation actions or support innovative approaches, but rather centers on punishing those causing harm to endangered species unfairly. It's been attacked several times. Nothing is really 
really punctured it or worked. Um, a lot of the times in Congress, there'll be other bills that are going and being passed, and there'll be some provisions in those bills that will like sneakily try to chip away at parts of the Endangered Species Act, but it really hasn't done that much damage. But that brings us to our current controversy. Here is what the concern is. There are two revisions that are being made to the Endangered Species Act that have conservationists really concerned. Based on this, they feel like wildlife officials won't be able to protect endangered species because they won't be able to consider climate change in the following plan. Got it. For example, if we have a bird that lives in the trees near the shoreline. Okay. What the phrase critical habitat means now is like, let's work to protect their current habitats, mm-hmm. meaning these this set of trees by the shoreline. Mm-hmm. But if the climate changes and these trees are now underwater, these endangered species now will have to migrate and move to somewhere else. But if the nearby areas have been developed by landowners, they no longer have anywhere to go. Got it. So it won't let them plan accordingly for animals that will have to move or are displaced by climate change. I see. Which is happening. Yeah. That is happening. Animals are being displaced by climate change. Climate climate change change. is real. Global warming is real. Just like FYI. So, so yeah, that's happening. Yeah. And... um, The second part that concerns them is the following phrase. They're using the phrase foreseeable future. New provision in the act wants wildlife officials to specifically think about the foreseeable future, but they're not specific about what that means. Mm. Like, for instance, does it mean we need to study like the wind patterns up to like 10 years from now or like the the water patterns up to 10 years from now, 20 years, 50 years? It's unclear. Okay. It seems like minutia, but it's actually a very big deal because the scientists that are studying what's happening to the earth and the patterns of things that are happening aren't going to be able to like plan and inform wildlife officials or, uh, you know, those helping to protect the wildlife in a way that will help us create the best circumstance for endangered species. I got it. Now, why, oh, why our current president's administration doing this. What some say is that it is to reduce regulation for industry and landowners. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, but we really do want to build this thing here. We really do want this business to be here on this land. And this, there's no endangered species here. We know that next door there is. Right. But if next door is affected by climate change, then where's that species going to go? Right. However, there are some people that feel like this is all just propaganda because our president likes to like say stuff and make moves just to get his constituents support. A number of his constituents publicly disagree with the Endangered Species Act because they feel like it limits opportunity for industry and owning land. And so this can be seen as him making a choice that like makes it look like he's doing something about this Mm -hmm. for those constituents that care about that. Right. So that is another sort of criticism 
thrown in the mix here. It doesn't seem like it's coming from a place of like, let's alter this act to help the animals. It sounds like it's, let's alter this act to make um, it beneficial, make to, it beneficial to industry and landowners, yeah. which economically is a totally fair sort of point of view to have on this. Sure. Isn't that like part of the controversy though, too, with like the reduction of some like national monuments, like it's kind of seen in a very similar, I I would argue that it's a very similar approach to how this is being treated. Like with grand staircase being reduced, reduced um, in size, reduced in size to give opportunity for, Development, development, um, and industry. drilling, what have you. Yeah, so, mining. yeah, I say it's a fair shot because it's like, okay, I can see where you're coming from on the argument. I don't necessarily feel like it's the right move to make. I feel like there are other moves we can make to do these things. But that is my opinion. I think it's a pretty valid opinion. And with that, let's end this trail mix with a game. So this game, Dusty, is called Don't Know Much About the Endangered Species Act. Oh. So it is a 10-question game. Five of those are lightning round questions. I'm ready. Um, and in this co- in this game, there'll be um, some different facts and figures about the Endangered Species Act and some endangered and threatened species therein. Okay. You ready to go? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Let's do it. So question one, the Endangered Species Act was signed into law on December 28th, 1973. Which president is responsible for signing this act into law? Is it Nixon, Ford, or Carter? It's Nixon. You did your homework already. You know I did. The Endangered Species Act, or ESA, was not the first act of its kind. It replaced the Endangered Species Conservation Act of 1969. But even before that, the U.S. government was steadily making a world a safer place for animals. It started when President Theodore Roosevelt created the first national wildlife refuge in 1903 at Pelican Island in this state. Is the state Louisiana, Georgia, or Florida? Louisiana. It's Florida. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Even though Louisiana the Pelican there, is the I Louisiana state bird. <laughs> yes. On July 3rd, 1918, the United States passed the Migratory Bird Treaty Act to put the system into action to protect birds that migrated between the U.S. and this country. Is it Mexico, Cuba, or Canada? Canada? That's correct. Because they migrate north. Mm-hmm. The Endangered Species Act, in part, was inspired by this best-selling book by biologist and conservationist Rachel Carson. Was it The Sea Around Us, Silent Spring, or The Sense of Wonder? Silent Spring. That's correct. Climate change has made the act more important. The first species to be given protection under the law because of climate change is A, polar bears, B, walruses, or C, reindeer. Polar bears? That's correct. The Endangered Species Act gives two designations to a plant or animal species endangered or threatened. Endangered means a species is in danger of extinction throughout all or significant portions of its range. Threatened means a species is likely to become endangered within the foreseeable future. Using your deductive reasoning and wits in this lightning round portion of the game, tell me if the species is endangered or threatened. Oh my God, I'm ready. Ready? Chimpanzee. Threatened. Endangered. Santa Canalita Island Fox. Threatened. Yes. Grizzly Bear. Threatened. Correct. Marine Otter. Endangered. Correct. Utah Prairie Dog. Endangered. Threatened. Mm. Hawaii Monk Seal. Threatened. Endangered. Gray Wolf. Endangered. Threatened. Blue Whale. Threatened. Endangered. Damn. (laughs) California Condor. 
threatened. Endangered. Oh, it's still endangered. Mm-hmm. Hawaii goose or Nene. Threatened. Endangered. Shut it. She's endangered. She's endangered. She's endangered, girl. <laughs> She's endangered, girl. You're endangered, girl. We saw quite a bit we of Nene. Nay. All those Nene. Nene crossing. Nene crossing. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, and we're here to remind you don't touch animals and you're endangered, girl. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks and email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written and recorded by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. Tune in for some special surprises that might drop tomorrow. And we are also very excited to announce the launch of our brand new website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's right. On the website, you can find galleries of our photos that we took at each of the parks that we visited. Uh, You could learn more about each of the parks that we also visited in season one. Look at our gallery of design work from season one and contact us. The website will be updated as we visit each park in season two. (laughs) 